Welcome to episode nine of the Sheffield Hopcast. We are at Shakespeare's. Um, now, it's a bit of an interesting episode for us because there's a few firsts. It's the first time that myself, Adam and Laura have met for tea before we've recorded and we've had three beers apiece. Uh, and it's the first time that Sean has not been driving. So he's had about eight pints and he's smashed, aren't you, mate? I'm absolutely gone, yeah. <laughs> and I've had a bag of nuts for my tea and I'll be slurring all night. <laughs> Lies. <laughs> no, you've had, what is it, what, one beer? Like? I've had one pint. But you do normally have like the smallest bit of the taste I never of, drink of all and of drive, us. yeah. I, I um, just to remind people, yeah, I have a very one mouthful of each beer and amazingly can report back clinically as, as to how I, I like it. Um, we'll talk about the theme in a minute. Let's do our beer of the month first. So, um, Sean seems to already said hello. I'll come to you first then. What is your beer of the month? It was very easy. This is the first time ever that I've thought about the beer of the month during the month rather than 10 minutes before we go live on recording. And another one from uh, our little holidays. Me and Deb were in London about three weeks ago at Euston Tap. And one of my favourite beers to have had from uh, Bottle before was on, on a keg in there, Siren Brewery, Uncle Zester, Citrus Sour Braggart, uh, 10%, drinks about 5%, uh, and balance is what that beer is all about. Uh, sourness, sweetness from the honey, citrus in there, it's it's really fantastic. I think it's a perfection there for my palate. Wow. It probably is, and a top five beer for me of all time. That is, that's saying something. Mm-hmm. Adam working on it, but uh, I liked it. <laughs> I, I took one on advice and uh, enjoyed it, shared it. Uh, it was good beer, but I think I think the honey bit just kind of just. I'm not. I'm not, yeah. not, not top I, five I, beer. I don't like the honey. No, but no, I love that beer. I would. I'd recommend it to yeah. people, but um, just wasn't really my thing. Um, my beer of the month. I only had two nights ago, I think. And considering how much September. What? That's September then. Well, it's been in the last, in the last month. Yeah. No, no one said it was the August. You can't pull people up on months, can you, Mister? We started recording in May. Well, <laughs> I we'll, we'll expl- for anyone that doesn't understand that, we'll explain that a little yeah. bit later on. So, um, considering we've had like Funk Fest, which we had some amazing beers at Peak Ender, again amazing beers. But I thought this one was quite kind of slightly topical because uh, it brings it back to the uh, the West Coast IPA, which. Uh, me and Sean were always shouting about months ago, and it's from Torside. Woo! Which is a, and it's a one-way ticket to Pluto, and it's called a thoroughly West Coast IPA, 6.8%, 500ml bottles. Thoroughly? Thoroughly, yeah. It's a, that's a word that's not used as much as it should be, isn't it's it? It's not. Thoroughly. It? Thoroughly. Was it a thoroughly good beer? It was thoroughly good, yeah. It was thoroughly West Coast and thoroughly hoppy. Adam really bitter. Yeah. It's really like, I was really pleased that it was a 500ml bottle, bottle as well. You get that second to go. You got a second bottle, yeah. Keep that head fresh. Yeah, no, no, like, no, no murky mm. mess, just nice and. It's just, they're West they're one of the best value breweries, aren't they, Torside? Mm. I, I don't buy that, mate. Everything we do is in, in, in generally like a lot of stuff in big bottles, and the pricing is really good. Well, there was one bottle left on your shelf and I saw you Adam, see him on in Adam the... encouraged me to take that bottle, but the customer oh. took the bottle about an hour, two hours later. Did you tell them that it'd been so I, t- I did tell them that I was going to take that <laughs> bottle. 
to make them feel guilty. And charge them an extra. No, I, no I, 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 I said there's another one in the warehouse. I made them, I softened up, but it wasn't. <laughs> I did actually have another beer that I did have. I, I don't want, not even one of my favourites. Your but second beer of the No, it's not a favourite, but just that. Are we, are we getting a turn to the West Coast again? Because Cloudwater have done their first West Coast yeah. IP, which yeah. I had this one. It? it was nice, but again, I think they should stick to what they were Was doing. it bitter? A bit, yeah, it's bitter. Yeah, it was still a bit, still a bit cloudy though. Yeah. So after that, anyway. Mm. Gone, Laura. I'm keeping it local this month, which I think might be my first Sheffield-based mm. beer of the month so far. It's about time, actually. It I is, thought. isn't it? Um, so it's a beer that I drank at Funkfest, held at Abbeydale, but it's not an Abbeydale brewery beer. It's a beer from Lost Industry, um, and it was their barrel-aged bretted peach beer uh, it's been in a white wine barrel i believe they've done a couple of other variations with other fruits i don't think any of them have officially been released yet they're still in the barrel and the peach was the one that they considered was ready. Kind of the, the one that was ready for the festival and it was absolutely delicious it was so nicely balanced the wine character was really coming through but wasn't too heavy i think it's six maybe 6.2 low sixes anyway I can't remember exactly Um, but it was just really really enjoyable you know and then beers that you kind of slip a half up and then you're like yeah I want another half of that so uh, yeah I don't know if Jimmy and Nathan or Leslie or anyone uh, listen to this but please bottle that beer uh, if they do that's an appeal Mm. is that our first ever appeal uh, first ever appeal. I don't. Yeah, I, just I kind of. I, fi- I feel like <laughs> the, 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 the creation of Florida Vice as the uh, the reemerging of Tullamine may have been that, single-handedly down well, to that, me. That, that was that was in April, and I don't remember. Yeah, of course that didn't happen in August. <laughs> um, all right, so my beer of the month. I've kind of got. I've kind of got two on my my shortlist. So I'm going to give an honourable mention. Um, and probably the only reason I'm not picking this as a beer of a month is because I feel like I've already sort of waxed lyrical about it enough. Um, and that is Huckster um, from Abbeydale, which we talked a lot about on the Hopcast Half Pint. That was my second best beer of the month. Which I think was excellent. And which in a lot of ways probably was my beer of the month. It's just because yeah. I've kind of talked about it so much. Um, I'm going to go for something, and this is, of all the beers that were available at Peak Ender, this is in a lot of ways the most boring one to go for but it was a beer that as the day kind of went on and particularly on when it was really sunny and i needed just something that wasn't as strong um it was a beer that i just went back to time and time again and that is green mountain from thornbridge uh which is uh for the style of beer that it is it's was it four point something four point three four point three um but a lot of taste for that percentage and it, um, you know, for a, a, a lot of, uh, yeah, a good three or four times at Peak Ender, it was a beer that I went back to just to kind of, you know, keep me going between the really, like, ridiculously strong stuff and, and things like that. Um, and every time that I had it, I thought, it still tastes as good. It's a, it's a really nice beer. They've packed a lot of flavour into a beer. I'm really for looking forward to that going into cans. Mm. Yeah. It, I will it clear will. some serious space in the fridge for cans of green mountain. I did the same at peak end of it kind of when you were just sort of wanting something just to break up break things up a bit. Yeah. I had a few of those. It did and the job. Yeah, to be honest, the first time I ever had that I I, I weren't impressed at all. And I, I think I've just kind of come round to it. I don't know what what it is, whether it's just a 
preference and taste, or they've changed it. What it is is James is cooler than you and thinks it's lovely, and you've just right. jumped on there the, the, the bandwagon. Yeah. Hashtag trendsetter. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, you know, next week you'll be wearing a baseball cap backwards I will because be, yeah. we've <laughs> done it this week. Um, right. So a little bit later on, then we are going to go through um, our many and varied suggestions for the industry standard name for a plastic glass. Um, Sean is already prematurely celebrating victory. <laughs> Although, to be fair, he did at the, uh, the, the the Beer World Cup and ended up with both beers in the final. So we'll, we'll do that in a bit. Um, first of all, let's talk about the theme then for this week. And um, I mean, I can't even actually remember what it is. So I'll, I'll let I'll let you guys take uh, <laughs> take take, take the floor at this point. Despite the sun shining in Sheffield since about four o'clock. Um, uh, I hope you would all agree that uh, uh, before that, today was a, a proper autumnal day. Cool, rainy, very dark, blustery. very cloudy, blustery as well. So we've gone for some blustery autumnal darker beers for the first time. So uh, we've got a red ale, we've got a, um, an English Trappist beer, uh, which is sort of in the style of a Belgian double. We've gone for a stupidly delicious, um, a big stout to finish on. And we've gone for uh, a Steel City beer this time, our first Steel City beer to taste as well. We're starting off with a red ale. From a sales point of view at Beer Central, red ales generally don't sell that well. And it's not a style that tends to perhaps get brewed that often. Uh, the um, more traditional red ales sell better than the, the hoppier red ales. Um, so we've gone for a Yorkshire beer, a brewery that we, we like, they're a lovely brewery, higher perched on the Yorkshire Worlds, Woolltop Brewery, are uh, very good um, uh, at doing gluten-free beers, particularly skilled at that. Uh, but we've gone for their Headland Red. It's got, I think, a picture of the, the old lighthouse at Flamborough on the front, there is definitely some sort of seagull struck bird on the front of the bottle label as well. This is a maltier style, more traditional, uh, a nice uh, autumnal red ale and hopefully the sun will just drop in a few moments time and it'll be nice and dark outside and uh, make it taste even better. Um, I mean the more important things at this point, two, two things I want to ask you about Sean, one is you haven't brought your ridiculous bottle over that doesn't work. I you have brought, brought that. One. I have brought that. That, that bottle and that does actually. That, the one that you've got works. That's not your normal the, one. The, the, the one that I normally use, the wild one, uh, is on my... Uh, it's my keyring for the till for the shop. So it's always on me. But uh, I've gone for the um, Crazy Donkey Brewery in Santorini uh, bottle opener tonight, which was bought for us by... To customers, Mark and Rachel will go to Santorini on holiday. Shout out okay. to them. And so they brought us a nice gift back. Uh, it's got an equally secure link to it, though. That's that's our Beer Central bank account uh, 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 security pad. So <laughs> once, for the, once for the till, this is for our bank account security pad. Yeah. We'd give you a few more drinks and then you'll be willing to open the next bottle with that. I press that wedge button there and then put in the password. So Sean's already and, talking about it. And it releases all the funds. We're in. Yes, we're in. It's like the million pound beer central drop. So that's great. I've, I've got nearly a half glass of this. A bit more. I'm, well. not, I'm not driving, so that's excellent. I was just thinking when you said that about red ales and not being popular and, and the modern ones. and. 
I think we might have mentioned it at some point, but um, like Magic Rock have dropped their red ale, which is what we're Ratchet, actually. have they? Well, they dropped it from the car, haven't they? Yeah, right. So it's not getting um, released in there. They're not, they're not trending either, red ales. No. Anything with red in it. Mm. We, we were talking about generally Mon- things with brown in their name and not going to do yeah. great. Red also falls into Multi reds do okay because we get a lot of people coming in and saying, I'm buying a beer for a friend or a family member. They really love Hobgoblin. And so trying to then match something up to that Heddle and Red and uh, Welbeck Abbey's Red Feather, mm. uh, 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 two Yorkshire stroke local options, obviously just over the border uh, on the Welbeck, uh, and they match up really nicely to, uh, to that. So that's, that's something that we suggest to people when they come in asking for Hobgoblin style beers. Do you sell Hobgoblin? <laughs> I know. Go quiet. I really wish you could have seen Sean's face there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the first person to ask that question, am I? No, you're not. Yeah, no. we, we, we're asked. Uh, I've not yet had it yet, but we will, in the next few weeks, um, get asked if we if we sell Advocar um, as the build-up to Christmas begins. Advocar? You mean that's the next yeah, yeah, yeah. Vorninks, Advoca, egg, eggnoggy yeah. style yeah. Like stuff. Oh. Orange juice, so, check it up, doesn't it? So we, we, we get that. Oh. But, but shockingly, a lady came in and bought a bottle of Calamese Rider this morning. What's the date today? 6th of September. It is the 6th of September. And I, I, I said, I, I buy it. is this a nice treat for someone? Because she was saying, I have no idea what I'm on about. She was clearly buying it as a treat. And when I said, is it a nice treat? She says, yes, it's a Christmas present. <laughs> wow. That's very organised. I was very polite to her, but then no, I was just... I'm really excited know, for Christmas so now. I mean, October is, is definitely... Yes. It's still four months October. away, nearly. No, October is like, you're on the countdown know, to Christmas. We're in early I generally judge it now, whereby if the X Factor started on the TV, you're officially in countdown to Christmas. Can you imagine mm. in mid-October, Saying it's nearly half term in February. <laughs> no, no, you wouldn't. Well, no, because you've got Christmas to go first. I mean, that's just silly. But, so why would you say that? <laughs> it's but how, much, how much preparation do you have to do for half term in February? Well, you just wouldn't say it though. You know, you? Here's, here's your away February half term present, and I've brought you <laughs> mid October. Are you coming? I've been looking for it February. You start saying it. Though. It was the last time we said, so where are you going for February half term dinner then? Are you going to the in laws? I know, but it's a holiday that you would look forward to, but you would never discuss it in October. Hence, you shouldn't discuss <laughs> Christmas at the end of August or early Don't, September. Right. If you go to America, what well, they class as a holiday. It's a week you, off. It, it's not. It's it's a week Shall off. I tell you what we miss. It's a week off for school children. Shall I tell you what we miss? And I discussed this with my sister on the way in this morning. Um, in the Republic of Ireland, they have a bank holiday on the last Monday in October, and that's a nice bridging point. And then Christmas starts after that. Halloween. In the UK, after the August bank holiday, with, there's nothing. There's just a bloody empty void waiting for John Lewis and everybody else to smash us with Christmas. It's ridiculous. But thank you to that lady if she's a listener. <laughs> I, say, I imagine you probably thank do you pretty well out of Christmas. Oh, we, we, do, we do, yes. But uh, our Christmas begins on the last Monday in October, which is, is an Irish bank holiday, but he's also... 
Belgian Blue release. Your homework Belgian, for next month Belgian is when does yeah. Christmas officially begin? <laughs> we have to decide the beer in industry no. standard for the oh. start of Christmas. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm, 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 can't, I'm, I'm, I can't be having it now. I'm on the love Christmas count. Yeah, yes. When we start pouring the show, I did say that there were two questions that I wanted to ask. The other was, the other was, have you been to Flamborough on holiday before? Because uh, it seems like your kind of place. Yeah, uh, I've not been on holiday and stayed in Flamborough. I've been to Flamborough whilst on holiday in other resorts on the East Coast. It's beautiful. Um, the lighthouses really do add a, uh, an extra special aesthetic sort of um, a beauty to the place. The cliffs and everything else is fantastic. Bempton, uh, the RSP reserve is just up the coast as well. Then you hit Filey. So it is my type of place, but I've never stayed there or, uh, uh, on holiday. We'll talk head on red. What is it? Is that 4.3 three again? Yeah, 4.3. I quite like it. Multi-red. Hmm. They were known like for doing one of the first gluten-free beers, yeah. weren't they? Oh. Um, can't remember what it was called, but you still see it. Against the grain. Against the grain, yeah. And then uh, Scarborough Fair followed, and they, they do marmalade porter. Yeah. This isn't the kind of beer I'd usually go for in a shop. I maybe would in a pub. But it really tastes like I kind of want to be sat somewhere really cosy yeah, with a does, fire yeah. in front of me. and Bonfire. Bonfire yeah. Night. It's tasty. I'm enjoying first, it. I prefer its taste to its smell. Obviously yeah, it's not same. a bad smell, but like it's not got a, yeah. it's not it's really, not got really a nice yeah. smell. No. I think it's quite inoffensive in its taste. There's a certain sort of tanginess to the aftertaste that I'm not overly keen on it's leaving sort of yeah. like a bit, bit of a tanginess at the back of my throat um, and I've never normally said this about a beer it's almost like it just needs a little bit more kind of maltiness to it yeah a bit <laughs> of sweetness maybe it's quite just dry and bitter not that uh, there's nothing I'm not drinking it thinking I dislike it in any way it's all right yeah I could polish off it would, be, it would be nice on a dark evening with yeah. a fire sparkling somewhere and your family not far away and all having a laugh. Actually, it has a strange sort of smell of like bonfire night and I don't, stuff like that. I don't really, on the back of the bottle it says, this is the beer to use for the best beef in beer. Like, I don't really understand that. Do you mean like use it in like Is it saying cook cooking? it or yeah. is it saying they feed it to cooking the cows? Right, yeah, yeah. Either way, I feel a little bit like that statement's doing the beer a bit of a disservice, like saying it's... Like a cooking well, lager. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Actually, yeah, could that be the full circle? Uh, the mash goes to the cows from brewing the beer, and then the meat from the cows eventually goes into a pie with the beer. Would that bring it to full circle? Oh, I just invented that. That's messing with my brain, that. <laughs> yeah, I feel like... It's not the best way to say yeah, this to is a nice beer. Yeah, to discuss this is a nice beer. Yeah. I think they're doing yeah. themselves yeah. a bit of a disservice yeah. there. But either way, I'm enjoying it. Head on red, nice. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's not something I would pick to take home particularly, but quite happy to drink that. If I was on the coast, not far from Flamborough and Bridlington and that, uh, their brewery is lovely up on the top. If you ever walk in the world's way, their brewery is a short few minutes diversion off that, up off the top of the Yorkshire Worlds and you can pop in there. They do a tasting event on a Thursday. They've got a bar in there that they use for different functions and that, very good. Um, right, let's reflect a little bit on the uh, the month that has passed because it's been a, a busy kind mm. of beery month. Uh, we've talked a bit about Bikenda uh, already. 
Uh, obviously, we did a, a special um, sort of extra episode from it, a bonus episode from Peekender. I don't think we particularly need to talk any more about that as such. Uh, it was a great event, had a lot of uh, a really good time there. Um, so let's talk about the other big beery event in Sheffield, which was uh, Funkfest Abbeydale, which we talked about a little bit last time. Um, I've got to hold my hands up at this point and say I didn't go. And I was meant to go, and it got to uh, the Sunday, it was the weekend after peak ender and you know I, my body had just reached a point where i got up in the morning and my body went you are not having beer today i cannot take any more please no more beer uh so i i, I didn't go however adam you went the, the day before you yeah, went on the saturday, saturday yeah. uh, and i know you had a, a chat to a few people there as well so i will i will hand over to you and laura yeah well i, I, I couldn't believe i it's, it's tucked away in a tiny little kind of uh, your brewery's tucked away in a kind of little off street off abdale road and you would never know it was a brewery and then when I actually looked for it on Google Maps, I found Laura there yeah. on Street View. <laughs> so just yeah. staring, yeah. staring, at, as people do on Street View. <laughs> step, you know, the faces are blanked out, but you can see them going, what the fuck's that? I I've never seen a Google car, but... Uh, yeah, I so have no recollection of seeing it outside. Yeah. Once you go into your little kind of thing into your brewery, I, I, yeah. I was amazed at how you'd basically changed the brewery into kind of this, like, really open, airy space, you know, nice little areas where you could kind of sit and all the, you know, all the vessels and stuff are there and the nice big tap wall um yeah really good I had some cracking beers i was drinking thirds well i was drinking i'll get we'll get two thirds me and my brother-in-law went and we were sharing thirds to drink as many beers in as possible uh, some absolute beautiful beers um i'm trying to think of some ones that did the little um little earth project one was really good I tried the creeping bread which is now in cans which is the yeasty boys Abdil collaboration which is beautiful which I actually had tonight again on cake which is Mm. First time you tried it, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, first time I've tried it out in the wild. <clears throat> and Laura, you've got some nice. serious hours in that way, didn't you? I did, yeah, it was a, a busy week. Um, we were, with it being a bank holiday, um, we weren't quite fully staffed at the brewery, so uh, it, it kind of fell on the, those of us that were there. But um, I think I'd say it was definitely worth it in the end. Um, it was really, really well received. Um, the thing that made me really proud to have. Uh, put the event on along with with Jim uh, was the kind of real mixture of people that were there like there was no fixed age range that it wasn't particularly male dominated it was really it was just really mixed and the kind of beer drinker that was there as well we had quite a few people who traveled who I think were more into the sour side of things so we had um, shout out to Katie who came all the way from Clitheroe um, we had somebody, uh, Ewan, who came up from Folkestone in Kent, I think. Right. People from all around the country came, which was fantastic to see for something that was just the first year that we'd done it. We weren't really sure how it was going to go yeah. down. The festival should have an, uh, an award yeah. for the Most miles travelled. Yeah. yeah, if you came from like further than Clitheroe or Kent, get in touch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then we also had kind of inquisitive Sheffielders who were moonshine fans who knew of the brewery and never really had the chance to go before because we've, we've only opened up once, which was over a year ago now. Um, who just wanted to come and have a look around and see what we were doing and then were kind of surprised at how I was really surprised at how people were really willing to try the sours mm. we did have um, the festival opened at 11.30 on Saturday and at 11.42 somebody brought a beer back to the bar and said it's supposed to be sour <laughs> and we were all like oh no what have we done but uh, thankfully he'd, he'd, he'd picked the most kind of 
obnoxiously sour balsamic beer on the bar um, and I think it had taken him by surprise but everybody just totally embraced what we were doing whether they were there because they like sours or not um, so for me it was um, a really proud weekend and uh, watch this space for Funkfest 2019. Do you know one thing that um, I just remembered actually and um, it was we went up to the, where we were kind of selling the cans and the um, where the tank kind of stuff was and there was a nice complimentary packet of Rennies on the side. Yes. <laughs> Which is a... <laughs> but luckily, I, I didn't find it... I mean, it is a kind of thing if you think if, you, if you're just drinking sour beers constantly. Like, as you said, there's not been any yeah. festivals as far as we're aware outside of London. Like, no one really knows what the effect of just having a big session on sort of sour or... That's a very beers. middle-aged man statement. Thank well, you I, for I, the, the settlers at the beer what? festival, Adam. What? <laughs> Indigestion at the beer festival. I didn't really have any. My brother-in-law... <laughs> He was kind of like, oh, oh that's okay. Well, it can try when you least expect it, can't it? Because your brother in law listen. But name him. Yeah, I think What's his name? <laughs> Chris Cook. Chris Cook. Oh, thanks, Chris. Um, I hope they made you feel better. But he didn't better. actually need it. He didn't actually need them. He's not for it, it, it was kind of like preparing advice. I'm all for the preventative Renny when you're drinking sours. I think it's a good move. But I think the actual range that you had on, everything that I had, didn't, it would, there were like all the barrel aged stuff that kind of softens that. It seems to soften that kind of sharpness that you can get from. Like, more like your kettle kind of sour style stuff. And I think that everything I drunk, there was nothing that I kind of felt, I really wanted to drink too much more of that, or really yeah. acidic, I didn't really feel that Are there any all. foods? Yeah, there Rather was. than rennies, are there any foods that would go well with <laughs> sour beers to calm people down naturally? Mashed potato. Yeah, mashed. Jacket potatoes. Nice ice cream. Ice cream. Oh, yeah, yeah, that would, yeah. That would calm down. I, I, I also might. put... Um, just just on ice cream and beer festivals, I had a salted caramel lucharia at um, Peakender. Drank a little bit of it and was like, because it's an ice cream porter, delicious. And I was drinking it, I was like, quite fancy this is an ice cream float. So I just went over to the ice cream man, got him to put me a quid of Mr. Whippy in my lucharia. <laughs> and it was, yeah. Thornbridge I put it on their Instagram. And uh, really? somebody behind the bar yeah. the day after recognised me because I'd got some glitter stickers all over my glass. It recognised me by my glass from being the girl who put the Mr. Whippy in the oh, Lucharia, which I think is a good claim to fame. It's yeah. cracking <laughs> There must be Mr. Whippies across the country planning uh, craft South beer. Florence. Yeah, craft beer South event. Yeah, that's a licensing nightmare, isn't it? That is a licensing nightmare. Turn up with your van, Bob a scooping, and Bob's your uncle. Surely that's a nice little, little, little thing that you were telling Mind us. Mind that child taking a whole <laughs> sinister turn there, isn't it? It was a nice little, little, Mind little, time little story from... Um, from the uh, festival, you were telling us on the on the chat about the uh, the woman who uh, recognised your voice. Yes, I did a <laughs> I did a brewery tour uh, for a really nice couple. Um, showed them round. Was just kind of doing my usual chatting away, um, and got to the end of the tour, and uh, the woman who was on the tour kind of looked at me and went, "Is it you that's on the Hopcast?" And I was like, "Yes, it is." And uh, it was really nice to to meet some listeners. Did you think you were Adam? So, I was feeling a little bit husky that evening. <laughs> <laughs> it did go wrong that actually. Now Adam, you, you yeah. did get um, uh, an interview while you were there as well. We're yeah. going to play that in a second. First of all, you probably heard we've just opened beer number two. So, um, uh, I mean, I, I for me, a hype beer is kind of something hype. from from Verdant or from... Uh, Magic Rock or something like that. Now this is a beer where there's been huge hype about it this year. Massive hype about this beer. 
in the press. I think I think I definitely think so. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not sure whether I would call it hype. I would just call it. You just uh, seem outraged when I said that. Reporting. But I think this is this has been all. I've I've seen this like in this has been like on news but stories. This is, this is a world yeah, event. Yeah. This is a world event. The f- the, there are very few Trappist breweries across the world. So it's hype then. Belgium, Holland, USA, and the first ever English Trappist brewery. So monks down at, I think it's, is it Charmwood Forest in Leicestershire, not far from East Mids Airport. I've had a, a bit of a four year, five year project to put together Tint Meadow, uh, which from Yorkshire sounds slightly awkward. Tint, tint is a word I would say, particularly from Barnsley. Tint, tint, tint. Yeah, Tint Meadow means it's, it's almost it meadow-like, isn't it? So, but everywhere else I'm sure uh, uh, suffers less from that problem. And this is uh, the the first ever, we're going to drink the first ever English Trappist Ale. And I've had it already, I think, without trying to prejudice your your thoughts, I think it stacks up uh, unbelievably well uh, to the Belgian Belgian doubles. Matches the hype, does it? I think it does. (laughs) It it was better than I imagined. it was better, I I, and, and that is a, a big compliment. It was better than I imagined. If anybody, if anybody sees the picture of this bottle, we, me and Sean were talking about it, it looks like your classic 500ml bottle because it's does. shit. Yeah, it does. But it's not. I bought them thinking it's a 330ml for the shop. 330 is certainly so It's kind of like a miniature style of It's got like a beautiful yeah. glass. It does have that I've never seen this well. Uh, right, we'll make a start on this. Um, Adam, tell us about who you were talking to then at uh, Funkfest. Well, as we sat there, um, a gentleman called John Conway, um, who's the is a non-executive uh, director, is that right? Yeah. Um, he's going around and basically talking to everybody there, which is really nice. So you could see we were having a really good time, making sure all the visitors were um, kind of uh, having a good time and uh, enjoying themselves. So he kind of sat with us for a few minutes and I'm like, yeah, while well, you're here. We have a chat on the on, on the uh, on your microphone, so he goes ten minutes of his time and um, is what he had to say about the festival and um, the project as well. My name is uh, John Conroy. I am a director of uh, Abbeydale Brewery. My task is beer strategy and distribution in terms of uh, the brewery's forward-looking uh, projection. So we're down here on a Saturday evening and it's um, Funkfest, it's the um, second session. Um, so tell us a little bit about kind of how this has come about and the, 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 the Funk Dungeon project as a whole. It's really about uh, taking the brewery as we've been established in, in Sheffield since 96 in uh, what we've been doing in what people would perceive as traditional English style cast beers where we're trying to establish the brewery as a direction of doing more styles of craft brewing and craft brewing in the wider sense so we're looking at everything from uh, big American style IPAs and pale ales and and, uh, imperial stouts through to wild ales and mixed fermentation styles of beers so our project here is really about where we can offer the the drinking public uh, an opportunity to meet with many different styles of sour, saison, uh, funk, what would people appreciate as funk styles in the, in, in the wider sense. So not only our beers, but beers from other breweries which are fairly much like-minded. Um, in, in, in all senses of the word, 
funk can encompass saison, it can encompass farmhouse, it can encompass sours, uh, gozers, Berliner Weiss, all those kind of styles. What we're trying to do here is bring those into one environment in one tasting session that people can enjoy and experience. Some of it is for what you'd see as the geeks, some of it's for education for people that have never tried these styles before. And really what we're trying to do is, is, is accomplish both sides of it. So in doing this, we are underpinning our credentials as a craft brewer, a brewer of different styles of beers as well as the traditional, uh, as well as being open-minded to welcoming our colleagues in other brewing industry in the, in the brewing industry to take on board the different uh, saison, the different wild ales, the different sours, the different cultures, lactobacillus, Britannomyces, all these things that people have heard about but really don't understand. So it's for us a long-term project and for a, an educational point of view an opportunity for people to try it in an environment which has the widest appeal. So for anybody who's never kind of branched out into this sort of style, for somebody who's maybe a newbie, what reasons would you say you should come and try that sort of beer? Well, it's, it's basically the, the fundamental expansion of, of the beer profile. Um, beers like this have been brewed for hundreds of years, and particularly the Flemish and, and, and French farmhouse styles where they're using well, wild yeast to, uh, to, to uh, ferment their beer. Um, these are styles which have been um, around for many, many years. What we're doing now is we're trying to expand that into different flavours and, and almost it's um, uh, an opportunity to try those different styles. So as a, as a newbie, what, what you would expect to see is the beers are a lot sharper, a lot drier, a lot crisper. They're almost, um, I would say, a platform on which you paint other adjuncts. And when I say adjuncts, I mean things like fruits, hops, spices. These are things that are painted onto the top of the sour beer. So from a, from a layman's point of view, it's a way of effectively bringing people who have come from, say, a cider background or a... Uh, cocktail type background into the world of beer as we understand it and that to us is really important in expanding expanding the culture expanding the portfolio expanding the footprint if you like and and that to me is very important you know, beer is not a monopolar thing it's not something that's just unidirectional I say this to a lot of people that it's never been a better time to be a beer drinker. It really hasn't because there's so much available. And what you have to do is open your mind, experiment a little. Don't just take it on the first, first uh, word or on a recipe. Try it. Try a sample because that will, in all seriousness, it will open your mind to whole number of different flavor profiles so uh, if i say from uh, a goza a goza will be salty it will be dry a berliner weiss it will be sharp it will be tart a sour depending on how it's been the, the, the souring process 
be it Britannomyces lactobacillus, the kettle souring, barrel aging, will vary in the souring uh, uh, degree, but look at, on top of that, the fruits, the spices, the hops, because all those will be painted on top of that particular flavour profile. One um, thing that I, um, I never even heard about until we went to the Indie Beer Feast and you guys are there, uh, was the Encantada. Um, so that's a slightly different style. Can you tell anybody who's never even heard of, is it, is it Groot? Groot style? Tell a little bit about that sort of style and what you guys have done to um, produce a beer. Well, it, well, it's actually an ancient recipe. And it, the, the, what we did with Encantada was uh, Beradero, which is uh, uh, with Spanish uh, brewery uh, just outside of Barcelona. We, we, we brew with them with this particular ancient recipe. So it's a, a recipe from way back. Because beer's been around for, for thousands of years. And originally, hops were not a feature of beer. So essentially, it's an, it's an ancient recipe that involves various, uh, various cultures and various uh, vegetal inputs that do not involve hops. So it's a beer that's an ancient recipe that has a, not a hoppy flavor to it. So it's, it's essentially, it's not a sour as such, it's, I can liken it to a very, very strong, in strength, lightweight Belgian beer because of this essentially using a wild yeast, but not in a way that's forced uh, souring and without hops. Just to kind of bring it back to the uh, Funk Fest, what, what would you say is your sort of favourite beer that you've had this evening or this weekend? And um, I think it's gone. Well, it's it, to be honest, my first impression this is absolutely fantastic the culture of the people we've had here today has been incredible we have people who are from the extreme gurus to the people who are the newbies to the sour culture which is fantastic it's what we sought to achieve we're trying to get to a position where we're trying to educate and that's really what we're about we're educating and allowing people that experience from a favorite favorite beers I've had exceptional beers from Siren from Fine Ales uh, I mean our own Abbeydale and I've got to say that that, that, that Jim uh, who's in charge of our funk dungeon has done an absolutely stellar job in producing some of the beers I'm looking forward to really getting those beers out into the out to the wider public to allow them to experience what we've had today so uh, one beer that's been canned, I think, is the Creeping Brett, which is the uh, collaboration with Yeasty Boys. So probably go and try that. Do you know much about what like, to expect from that as a beer? Actually, I don't. It's one of the it's one, actually one of the beers I've not. There have been so many great beers I've had uh, uh, t today. It's been absolutely fantastic. Um, I'm thinking um, that, yeah. It's just tasted it. As 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 you as you'd expect, it's it's got that. A real bay, like a bay, almost base saison flavour with it. So it's it, it's got that hint of Belgian to it. The souring is not heavy, so it's actually quite light. The chill temperature is very very good. I think that's that's an ex, that's a really acceptable kind of training, like our unbeliever, uh, like a training wheels uh, sour that I think people would 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 get on with. So I think. Um, and I believe it's actually a Weizen as well, so it's basically got a uh, heavy wheat content, which you can actually taste in the background. So there's a sort of a hint of the uh, the clove uh, and a little bit of 
touch of the touch of the banana that you'd expect with a bison, but in all senses of the word, you know, it's it's a little bit sharper. So if a if a bison is a little bit too sweet for you, this will actually hit the mark because it's actually just a touch sharper. Uh, thank you for your time. Have a good evening. Thank you, and just thank you for everybody. I just want to thank everybody for their support in in and their love that for Abidel Brewery. Thank you. Cheers. Uh, so thank you to John from uh, Abidel Brewery who spent a bit of time to speak to Adam. Uh, while you've been hearing that, we've been enjoying... I mean, this is a landmark beer, isn't it? I know we, we talked about it beforehand, but the first UK Trappist beer. Yeah, for, for anyone that's uh, unsure on this, this means that the beer is brewed by monks in a monastery. Simple monks don't drink, though, do they? Is there some kind of big rule about being a monk that you're not allowed to drink? I'm not sure on that one actually. It could be a celibacy. I thought there was, yeah. Yeah. It should be a real. When it comes around to trying it, time, it'll be like. I it think. Smells I like think. It's all I think good. that monks do drink. Mm. Um, I know the monks on Coldy Island off Wales. South Wales. Mm. I think make a mead down there, and I think they drink that. Lindisfarne. I think there are monks on there. They make mead, and I'm pretty certain the monks. Of Tint Meadow will have tasted wonder, their room beer. I wonder what it is that makes them want to do it though. Like to brew or to, to be yeah, monks? Just, well, just to brew. It seems a weird like. Uh, the, the monks of Tint Meadow decided that uh, five years ago or so decided that they they needed to look at a, uh, another way of making money uh, to to be blunt, mm. and so had uh, seen the success of other Trappist breweries. Um, across Belgium and, and a couple of other countries and so decided with a lot of time, a lot of investment, a lot of training, a lot of patience which is done right rather than rush things um, and uh, went to market and then what was it a couple of months ago now? Mm. I think, it? It's um, Buddhist monks don't drink. Is it? Yeah. Okay. So um, non-Buddhist monks, they're all These are East they're absolutely, they're smashed all the time. Okay. Yeah, they're fine. Uh, aroma of dark sort of dried fruits, uh, raisins, uh, that type of thing, 7.4%. Uh, uh, they have never compared themselves to anyone else, but quite naturally perhaps when you drink this, you start to look at West Mile Double and things like that and try and balance and compare it. With something like that. English ingredients throughout, so English yeast. Perhaps they could have gone Belgian yeast and, and I gone. Really like and, that they didn't. And, and gone that. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, they, should, they should be congratulated for not mm. doing that. Mm. And they went to Belgium and visited other Trappist uh, uh, brewers and sought advice and information, but went everything English. And I think it stacks up. Yeah, I think it stacks up. So I Two, like it. probably three things that I've noticed about it. One is it actually tastes really nice, uh, and it's a very balanced beer. It's got a really nice taste to it. It doesn't have any sort of nasty lingering aftertaste, which was my complaint about the last beer that we had. Um, it is um, well. It's how much? How much is it? At? Beer Central? Uh, 350 we okay. charge. It's, it's, a, it's a pretty well-priced beer, I think, for what it is. Mm. Um, and it doesn't taste its percentage. They're, they're the things that I've, I've sort of observed about it. I am picking up quite a lot of booziness off it, actually. Yeah. I think I, oh, I've not been. I've been I absolutely that. love that this beer exists. I think it's a great story. I think it's a great thing that they're doing. And it is a very good example of the style of beer that they're making, but... 
I'm, I'm personally not really feeling it. It's nothing to do with the beer being, um, you know, subpar or anything like that. I think it's just not to my taste. It's a little bit sticky. It's making my teeth feel a little bit fluffy. Oh, I like that stickiness. Oh, my tongue is stickiness. I'm really technical to say I thought it would be more Belgian-y. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so you're like used should, should they be congratulated for not being more Belgian-y? Uh, doesn't have that uh, kind of yeast kind of like no I doesn't have that ac- I think there was an English interpretation of a Belgian yeah. Abbey style yeah, I yeah, think it's really yeah. it, it yeah. is it really is. good I don't think that yeah I, th- I think maybe I misunderstood what it was trying to do I think maybe I thought I would expect it to be like, imitated yeah no whereas it's, it's not it's more standalone yeah so if you're not really into Belgian beers I mm. wouldn't like to put you off if you like kind of your dark mm. beers but I think it gets close to them in terms of satisfaction I quite like it yeah. Mm. No, I think I, I, it's um, surprised me. I wouldn't expect to. It would normally be everything that I'd find a bit bland about a beer. When it's got the words English and ale in the title, I'd be like, nah. All, all it needs is the word red or brown in the title to go it with it. That brown. would make me just like horrendously just everything that I don't want. But I, I've enjoyed it. It's really nice. I'm really so, glad I've tried it. I think, I think potentially... We have a, a landmark UK first. I think James is the first person to drink an English Trappist ale wearing a baseball hat <laughs> backwards. <laughs> I think that's a first. Shall I turn it round? This, is, this is what Sheffield Hopcast... This is culture class. Chef Hopcast is all about yeah. first. This is all based on my, um, my current idol, who clearly is uh, Majid Majid. Yeah. Um, the mayor of Sheffield, who, you know, anyone that knows anything about themselves is going to model themselves on, um, <laughs> on him. Watch out for the four. You should have been listing the glass. I imagine that he would be a big fan of this beer. He'd, he'd appreciate the uh, the real earthiness to it and all its um, I all think its he'd qualities. love every beer we oh, I'm not sure whether he drinks anyway, Thank so I'm not, I'm not sure. Yeah. Beer number three. So what have we got? We have, yeah. So this is... We, 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 can, we can quite easily say, for the first time ever on Chef Opcast, that the brewer of this beer is a bastard. <laughs> All right? And Dave would be proud to hear those words. Uh, uh, this is Steel City Brewing. Dave's a bastard. He's probably... In, Germany or Poland or the Czech Republic drinking beer in some bar near a train station at the moment. Um, which is, which I'd love to see his travels. Uh, this is a, a, a recent release from Dave. Uh, it's called The Blood, The Wine, The Roses. I've been telling people for about three weeks it's called The Blood, The Sweat, The Roses. <laughs> I've been getting confused. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> can I buy a bottle of sweat, please? Blood and sweat. Blood the sweat. The roses. The blood the sweat normally works, doesn't it? You add a bit of blood to that. It's sweat, a six point eight percent stout. It's been aged in uh, Bordeaux red wine barrels, and and here's a nod. I, I'm going to get a real approval points here because my uh, in-laws, my in-laws Tommy and Joan. Uh, we're given this beer by Deborah as a thank you for giving us a lift somewhere recently, but then uh, asked us again for another because they had enjoyed the beer so much. So Tommy and Joe, and this is um, 
heavily recommended by them. I've not tried it myself. So. I was going to say, have any of us tried this beer no, before? Because no. no. I think this is one of the beers that, if it's one of those you, you need to have a little sniff of it before you actually drink it, I think. Ooh. Oh, yeah. It's got a beautiful label on the front. Is that poppies or roses? Excuse me, bloody poppies. Can we edit that? <laughs> they're no, quite, we can't. They're quite, que- quite clearly roses. Quite clearly. I mentioned earlier, this is the first podcast where Sean's <laughs> not I've only had two pints. Oh, does it smell like? Um, do you know how well, like, these beers travel because even in Sheffield, I reckon, there's probably quite an understated brew because they don't have a brew. Is, is Steel City co- is, is, is yeah. Yeah. from a point of view of uh, so, yeah, Dave doesn't have his own brewery, he, he brews uh, cuckoo brews at other breweries, uh, more recently, Toolmakers, but previously, Little Ale Cart, perhaps one other, and now at uh, Lost Industry at uh, Wadsley Bridge. Uh, uh, He's, a, he's a, a regular in the pub downstairs. I thought we may have even uh, seen him tonight uh, in here. He's a very famous beer ticker. Has, um, I'm, a, I'm guessing approaching, I don't know, it's 30,000 a silly figure, but he's got absolutely thousands of beers, searches them all over the world. And is uh, a particular fan now of sour beers, uh, but he's... Um, his own brews uh, can vary from transatlantic pails. This is a stout, and he's got his Stout Wars beers that will be launched shortly, which is a... We had um, the episode one, yeah. the Funky Menace, it was called. Did that you? was on at Funk Fest. It was uh, very nice. I think I might mention it in the half point, but because we actually did uh, Steel City Medusa in the half point. So basically... Complete polar opposites. I've not tried this yet, but Medusa is yeah, beautiful. Um, but yeah, the Star Wars one was the what the beer they were brewing when we, we uh, went to see the oh, yeah, industry. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, and Jimmy was uh, way yeah. back in May. Is that when it was? The no, start. It no, it was the, the start, start of our adventure. <laughs> we we could, I was literally end before we did this, but um, we're gonna have to explain this because we've referenced it several times. Um, so I was planning on just doing a couple of thank yous at the end. One of which was to. Uh, Beer Matters, who featured us in their last edition, and the other was to uh, Vibe, who have um, features. Actually, in fact, I'll probably credit to Sean because Sean writes a, a column for them every every month, which is normally about his favourite beers. But this month, he's dedicated his column to the Hopcast. Now, if you've chances are you've read this, and there's nothing that seems a little. It's only odd. been launched today, so yeah. people might. So not if, have. if 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 you have read it, or if you do read it now, there'll be nothing that seems particularly odd. In, in version one of the um, story, Sean talked about myself and Adam approaching him in, in May. <laughs> April! So in April. Me in it, uh, approached us in April. And to, to start it in, in May. In, in, in May. Brilliant. Um, Brilliant. We, we, we started, it was, I think it was November, evening, when you November or December when we actually approached Sean and we started in January. So we pointed this out to him, he, quick, he quickly changed it. Beautiful um, edit. Hence our, our, our jokes throughout the evening of uh, first episode. Being if you can get a screenshot of that and print it out, it might be worth something. <laughs> the original. Yeah, yeah. I could have done. I'll get it changed back tomorrow. I'm going to change you, it. Do you think if you've got a screenshot of it, you bring it into Beer Central, you get a pound off a beer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah correct. Point? Yeah, I'm glad. I'm oh, glad yeah, anything over £10, you get a pound <laughs> off. If, you're, if, if you've got any kind of techie, you can just change it yourself anyway. Brilliant. So I, I apologise for that, but my, my memory. I do, I've, I've explained this earlier while we're off air that I get confused sometimes between our, our monthly bottle shares and the hot cast in terms of venues we visit and yeah. beers we drink. So 
for, for giving me. Yeah, he's just suggested if we do one at White Lion with John over uh, Which we've done already. <laughs> this is an interesting beer, actually. So like, yeah, very, the, very interesting. The Blood, the Wine, the Roses. I'm not sure. I'm sure it's a reference it. to some music. So I'm relying on you three for well, that day. Well, the the roses. Oh, I, I was thinking stone roses. Absolutely no chance. But I'm Dave's a big fan of the stone roses, but I don't think this beer is linked to it anyway. There's no, there's no point trying to read his labels because no, I can't read the the text on there is always awful to read. It's, it's, got, it's, it's got some rose flowers. Oh yeah, Laura's got it. It's um, a song by a band called My Dying Bride. Nice. It's 8 minutes and 23 seconds long. Is it? It's not a song I'm personally familiar with, but I will listen to it later. I bet Dave's a big fan of that song. Mm. Although I don't think he's ever been married. So I was thinking, because it does, so it does have um, rose flowers in it. Mm. I'm not and obviously, much it does have. I'm getting the. I'm getting the. Flowers. Obviously, it has red wine in it, so I'm thinking, <clears throat> the the wine, the roses. I get that. I then definitely the get bit, the wine character. The blood. Yeah. I mean, there's a dead person that's just been thrown in the mash tun, maybe. That's. Um, that won't be a big shot, but. I'm enjoying it. Actually. Doesn't mention my, any dead people. My in-laws are right. This is, it's got a tartness to yeah, it. Yeah, it's like I'm not getting the kind tannin of, from the red wine barrel. Yeah, I'm not getting the stouty bit to it. No, I'm getting the. There's no roastiness. It's fruity. Yeah, I'm getting the kind of floralness with the kind of slightly like said quite like. I was saying cherry, but that kind of like kind of dark fruit kind of yeah, like that kind of tartness to it. Yeah, very nice. You got, yeah, there's there's nothing particularly stouty about no, it. So it's it's surprisingly easy to drink, though. I think it's. It, it's really it's, it. it's not my kind of thing at all. It's it's just a bit too whiny for me. I'm not a wine. You sounded very whiny saying that. Mm. It is a bit like red wine, isn't it? If you get that oh, stuff, like, yeah. I can appreciate that it's nice for what it is, and it actually tastes a lot nicer than when I first smelt it and thought, "Oh, I'm not going to enjoy yeah. this." Um, it's just not my particular uh, personal style. Yeah, I, I think its smell gives away what it tastes like. You know, yeah. it's one of those ones that yeah, tricks yeah. you. Aroma really, matches up. Yeah, quite well, yeah. I don't think I rush back to it, but I, I don't think that doesn't mean it's a bad no. beer. But I, you, I really you, hope Dave is downstairs when we go down, actually. <laughs> I'll introduce no, but what, what I'll say is that if, the, if this is your kind of beer, because it's, you know, you can, you can absolutely taste, you can even taste the barrel part of it, like the, ev- every a, bit of the flavour it's supposed to have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Through. Through. yeah. It's, it's extremely uh, representative of its style, a very true. It's of the its most style. complex beer so far. Absolutely. You know, you know when, you like, when you have a red wine, you get that. Very like kind of tannin, yeah, tannin. You get that bitterness, yeah. It's like like a dryness, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Shall we um, shall we meet someone that's done something particularly uh, unusual and so uh, you know in a way quite special? Uh, And uh, this month I've done I've done absolutely nothing towards this uh, episode of the podcast. Hand over to Adam again, uh, who uh, yeah met someone with. Um, I mean, it's quite a, an unusual claim to fame. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Come on, Adam. Oh, who have you met? I don't know. <laughs> well, you've only done two interviews this month. One was with Abby Dale. You were saying. Have you got it? Yeah. 
But just for the record, I'm not editing any of that out. <laughs> that is staying in. That is staying in. Oh, for a two interviews that you've well, done, for a change, you forgot about one of them. For a change, I thought we'd seek out somebody who was called Jamie or James, because that's tense what we do. <laughs> um, so, Jamie, we, we saw um, we saw an article in the I newspaper about um, a couple of guys who'd been around and drunk in every pub in Sheffield, and it reached about 520-something. And we... I've actually come across him on Twitter a few times and he will be writing a book about his travels around Sheffield and just the general history of pubs in Sheffield generally. So um, we thought it might be a good idea to uh, catch up for a chat. So there's a chat with Jamie from uh, Sheffield Pubs. It's Adam here. I'm here with uh, Jamie Thompson. Um, so June, we saw an article in the I newspaper and it's about a couple of guys who had... Um, Tempted to visit all the pubs in Sheffield. So this is going back a few years ago now, but we thought it might be a nice, interesting little chat. So where did this idea come from, really? Uh, well, about 20 years ago, well, more than 20 years ago, um, I used to follow a band around Sheffield with my older brother, a band called the Bendy Monsters. Um, and the guys who were in the band were about 10 years or so older than us, and um, they were doing it at the time. And when I was about 14, it seemed like a, a really good thing to aspire to. And I was quite envious that they'd actually done it. And I think they probably finished it sort of in the early 90s. Um, so that's sort of where the idea came from. Uh, and one sort of, I think it were a New, New Year's Day um, a few years ago, um, for Christmas had been bought um, a Sheffield Pubs map. Um, and uh, we were looking at it and talking to my friend Dave so, you know, have you been there? Have you been there? Oh, I've never heard of that place. And we went, right, well, let's, let's go. Let's go and see what it's like. So we went off. And then following from that, um, we both made a list of what pubs we'd been to and then thought, well, there's quite a lot we haven't been to and didn't know anything about them. And then sort of 15, 16 years ago, wasn't that much information about them on the internet. So it was, wasn't as easy then um, to, to find out anything about them. So some of them, didn't know anything about them and then were none the wiser um, until we actually turned up. So from that article, I gather it's well over 500 different pubs. Did you have kind of any sort of a method in how you kind of went about visiting these pubs? Yeah, I mean, we there were some rules that we kind of applied to it. Um, we um, Predominantly when we did them, we would uh, often have a day off work or go in an evening and go to a particular area and try and do, you know, five, six, seven pubs in one go. Um, we had a rule that we had to have a pint in each one. Um, some of them it, um, I had to drive, so that would be a pint of shandy for me. Um, but yeah, you tend to go to an area that you were unfamiliar with and usually spend all day there. And um, more often than not, um, be a little, a little bit underwhelmed and increasingly find that some places either weren't open because they'd shut down or they just, you know, were, were dying a death, really. It were, I think we did it at an interesting time because um, you were really sort of seeing the pubco thing starting to bite and a lot of places really kind of becoming um, very run down or, or really sad when you went in and you could see that they weren't going to last and 500 and, uh, I can't remember how many, it's 520 or something, I think it yeah, about 500, yeah, um, that we went in. These are probably about 100, going on for 150 now out of that 500 that have gone, that have shut, been demolished, you know, all the other things, you know, funeral parlours, dentists, vets, shops, you name it. Um, 
but uh, yeah. So I was wondering if you had any interesting stories from any any of the places you went to, or is there any places that you're pleasantly surprised by? Well, usually, when your expectations are quite low, which ours were, were, more often than not pleasantly surprised, because some places we've been told, you know, that place is really rough. It's really, you don't want to go there. Why would you go there? You know, and you're thinking, oh, well, we'll put that one off. I mean, one particular place that... I wouldn't say I was pleasantly surprised um, by was the the, you know, the cannon near the market, which um, we were sensible when we went. We we went at lunchtime shortly after it opened, but um, I was pleasantly surprised it weren't quite as frightening as we we um, we expected it to be. Um, funnily enough, that weren't one of the only two places I've been in where I think, bearing in mind it were something like a Thursday lunchtime, we we were one of the few people drinking. And we're like keg, keg stones. Um, everybody else was smoking weed, so it was uh, a bit of an eye opener. It's uh, it shut shortly after, which came was no surprise. But um, yeah, pleasantly surprised. Um, on the other hand, I think then as well, you'd be pleasantly surprised if you if you went somewhere and it had got hand pulled beer on. You know, particularly um, something from out the area or something unusual, which were really rare and. Um, yeah, sometimes it weren't so good because, you know, they weren't selling much of it, but that was really unusual to find um, uh, hand-pulled on in sort of, you know, 15 years or so ago. So what was, what's your experience since then? And what, what have you found Sheffield as a, as a city and how it's moved forward? Well, I think um, certainly in the, the last six years since we finished, um, in respect to hand-pulled traditional real ale, Sheffield... Uh, arguably, I would say, has got the best selection in the country. I know that cameras surveys probably reflect that. I think a little bit uh, in respect to sort of the craft scene, um, I think we're perhaps a little bit behind some of the you know, major cities and towns, uh, but I think we're getting there. I don't know if that's because of the, the image of Sheffield as a, a northern real ale, bitter drinking city. I, don't, I think that's part of it, and I think that's just part of the sort of psyche of Sheffield. I think you'd be hard pressed to find um, anywhere else that's got the variety and um, the quality of pubs as well, which I think is important. Um, you know, it's um, the good ones have, have, have thrived, I think, and adapted and, and become far better. And of course, then you've got I don't know how many micro pubs there is now. That's what you want, you want to call them. I'm not sure. That's certainly added something in probably in the last three years, in the last six years. So. But um, it's definitely a good time to be um, to be living in Sheffield, if you like beer. So you mentioned your book. I assume this is kind of roughly about your experiences, but I could be wrong. You want to tell us a little bit about what the book's about? Yeah, well, the book I've been working on it now for three three and a half years, researching it, and um, it's two things really. It, it, it's come out of my experiences and having the knowledge going in all these pubs, and it was something I'd always wanted to do. I've sort of factored that in with more of a a general history of pubs in Sheffield because I think that there's been a lot of good work done before with other books um, but a lot of them are now out of date and there's a lot of gaps and certainly none of them reflect the scene of probably the last 20 years never mind the last six years that we've been talking about and I think it was a, a good time to do it 
Uh, I've focused on the sort of post-war period, but I think as well a lot of history books and a lot of books written about she uh, Sheffield pubs fall into two things. They talk a lot about the very old past and things that were probably no one alive would know what they're on about or, never been, or would have visited them. And also, without fail, more often than not, every book that I've read about Sheffield pubs is written by someone who's looking back, talking about their experiences and usually saying that everything now is terrible and everything then was much better even when they're talking about outside toilets, dreadful uh, tank, whipped bread, trophy beer, you name it, and it's sort of the rose-tinted spectacles of the past. And I wanted to sort of break that down because, yeah, I mean, I can talk about the past and places that I've been in, and it was what it was. But I think it were important to kind of acknowledge the more recent history because people don't really care about more recent history. And by that, when you look at what research being done and... Um, What's out there, 1951, was a good starting point for me because an obvious thing, and this isn't just in Sheffield, is people talking about pubs with flat roofs, for example, and ugly building, ugly estate pubs, etc. I mean, these are places that people used, communities used them for a relatively short period of time. Some of them only 20, 25 years, 30 years, but they are significant. And um, again, it's something that, has been overlooked and through research through uh, the archives at, Sh at Sheffield Libraries I've got a lot of information and a lot of um, stuff that's not been published before and permission to use images and architect drawings and um, a lot of pictures from picture Sheffield that um, are out there but have never if you like been pulled together as one so I'm hoping for it to be fairly definitive part of the problem is that it's it's taking a long time to do hopefully it'll be out there soon soon so if anybody wants to kind of find out any more details or find you on social media is anywhere that they should yeah. direct them to um sheffield pubs at outlook.com and um i'm on twitter and the uh, handle is pubs sheffield um which i tweet regularly about and sometimes share some of the images that i've, I've, I've found it's been a fascinating chat i pretty appreciate your time jamie um yeah. all the best with the uh, publishing and uh, we hope to see you next year thank you So thanks to Jamie for that. Um, we did actually have a big long conversation. I was there for uh, probably a couple of hours nearly actually talking about stuff. And there is an extended version of that interview, which is about 20 minutes long, um, which we will be putting up on our SoundCloud um, page. Um, Just as soon as we remember the password to it. That's all right. Yeah, it's as soon as we'll be putting it up in some some format. Um, but yeah, <laughs> but yeah it's, it's, there's, there's loads of interesting stuff in there. Obviously... Uh, we can't cram everything in, so that was the edited version. But if you're interested in that, we'll put a link up to it on his, um, on, on Twitter and uh, Facebook. So what have we got next then, guys? Joe, I've just noticed something, and this is I, I noticed this is the first time we've had a bottle-only hopcast. We've not had a mixture of bottles well, and cans. Well, that's cans. more, yeah. Is, um, that's 100%. very deliberate. Cans are very summery. This is very much a, an intro to autumn. Well, unless you happen to be Thornbridge, who uh, decide that this is the, this oh, this is the uh, sorry, it's a sniff of the beer, that uh, this is the right time of the year to be bringing out a bottle. Uh, Thank you. That's, um, this, this is a beer actually, and we're being very appropriate. We've not poured this beer yet. We've opened the bottles. This is a beer to sniff. It's a sniffing beer. What's a snifter? What does a snifter represent? 
Isn't it the size of glass? Yeah, I think it is, isn't it? A small sort of glass. Talking of glasses. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> this this is a beer to sniff and sniff and sniff. Tell and us about it then, And then eventually drink it. It's my favourite beer of all time. Never had it. It is. Uh, so Omnipolo, a Swedish brew company, Henrik Fenty and Karl uh, Grandin. Henrik is the brewery influence, Karl is the design influence, so he's the one that gives us a smiley face on the front of the bottle. Um, we've got a very close relationship with uh, Buxton Brewery. This is this is a very much a coincidence that they uh, they came first to develop their relationship during the Rainbow Project uh, five years ago. Um, and they are celebrating tonight in Buxton, and most of Sheffield is there. We know you are there. Uh, a Buxton Brewery, a Buxton Tap tonight is an Omnipolo Yellow Belly Buxton fifth birthday uh, event, and the beer list is the most stupid I have ever seen in my <coughs> own life. They've got all the versions of Yellow Belly, they've got all, all the. It's just. Uh, I've just had a message from somebody who's there saying they queued two hours for a drink. Two hours? Wow. Oh dear. I'm so glad I'm here. Uh, like a festival, that is. Uh, well, I, I could have put up with that one indoors, autumnal, that fits. That is. Uh, like Sheffield Beer Festival, one of my favourites. Yeah, true. Yeah. Um, next month. Which I'm sure we'll talk about next month, yeah. Uh, so well, this beer be there next month. is Omnipolo Noah Pecan Mud. 11% uh, uh, pecan nut chocolate mm. imperial stout. This How many, is calling uh, out for me. Me and Laura have had it. Me and Laura have had it before. You two guys knew. I've never had it. I've this. never had it before. You, you should. You I should talk feel, first. I can feel it in my belly. You should talk like, first. I can probably feel, you know, like you feel the warmth. What do you think to the aroma? Like, like a whiskey. The, the aroma was absolutely magical. Um, Agree. The other thing I would say is that I can taste chocolate. I can separately taste pecan. I can I can make out all the flavours that it's supposed to have, and they're sort of jumping around a bit. It's really really good. That. It's like Disneyland in a beer. That is bloody lovely. That <laughs> it's not like it's not too desserty either. Mm. I don't think it's got a nice. It's, it has got a slight bitterness, like a soft bitterness, but it, it doesn't have that kind of creamy kind of. It's it's one of those great beers that it changes. It's like the whole process of drinking it, like. John's from entering your mouth <laughs> to you swallowing it, like it changes God. along the way. I think we've lost Sean a little bit. He's I went silent. silent so right. I was um, sniffing and tasting and twirling my glass. I know we joked about it. Again. We joked about it earlier about the fact that we actually started the podcast in January, which we which we did. But um, you way back, sorry, way back in January, it. you talked about we we all picked out like our favourite styles of, when we were getting to know each other. Mm, yeah. We talked about our favourite styles of beer. And you talked about you know the really high percentage, your really dark, stouty, mm-hmm. quartery beers as being your your um, sort of choice. The, of, the, of, they're of my beer. end of the night go to. I, I think that that type of question should always represent what you go to late on on the night. And I love hoppy beers, but I love this thing later on. I love to look forward to something like this later on. I can picture myself um, once I've finished this and we've gone off and done whatever 
like tomorrow evening or something like that, having a flashback and craving this beer. Yeah. It's one of them it's beers got that craveability if you to think it. about it, when you're not drinking it, you can smell it. It's yeah. one of those. Mm. I, have it with, I have it with this beer and I also have it with um, Hawkshead Tonka, yeah. which was the first Tonka bean beer I ever had and had it at Indie Man. Where me and Sean went, was it we were three there. years Laura, ago? Yeah, yeah. And maybe, maybe me and Jim and Sean four. and Chris, who was at the time working for the Thornbridge, uh, he's now, now one Beaver of the girls at Beaver Town, and the four of us went to Manchester on the train. We had the best day at Indie Man, and I had hopes. And I was running around like, "Has everybody tried this? It's so yeah. good!" And it's I can still, if I think about it to this day, I can taste mm. it, and I feel like this is that kind of good. Okay, a qu- question: Is it too strong? No. Does it need do, do to be feel, as strong as it is? Do you feel like it's 11%? I, I, can, feel it in my, I can feel it in my belly like a whiskey. Like I feel yeah. like, a, like, like, a, like a slight, like, like a nice warming burn. Yeah. If you, I, if you drop that down to you think it's more, right? 7, 7, 8%, yeah. would, uh, it, would it lose a huge interestingly, amount? Interestingly, we wanted a, an Omnipolo night here at, at Shakespeare's with, um, with Adam for Sheffield Beer Week. And... Um, Little Critters, his milk stout, yeah, was on the bar on cask at the time. Me and Adam both had a half of that while we were doing the Omnipolo event. We both put our half down on the side and the window. We were doing our Omnipolo event and talking about different beers and really had a good night. We both went back to our, our glass and we'd not quite opened Noah. It was the last beer of the night. And we went back to our glasses, which were near the Noah bottles. And we both drank our glass and looked at each other and said, somebody's opened the Noah bottle. Somebody's opened one without us asking, are we short of a bottle? Uh, And that's 6%, I think. And and so I've always described that since as as the sort of mini Noah, 6% Noah. Yeah, that's good. I I think it's better on cast than it is now in in bottle. But if you want a mini Noah, then Sheffield has got it's got the ticket. You know, the fudge brownie stout, the um, not fudge brownie from North Riding at uh, yeah. Scarborough's Scarborough's holding it. Polo. This is a Jill. different different animal. This though, I think it is a it's a it's a serious upgrade. Like it's in the same like it is in the same realm. And I think if you like I said, if you weren't paying attention, you get the same kind of flavour profiles. But when you really sip and think about it, there's so much depth to that. It's really beautiful. No, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, I'm sort of. I think I'm playing devil's advocate by asking the question of whether or not it needs to be eleven percent. Does it? Well, I don't think anything needs to be that. What it needs to to be is um, uh, soft soap, soft soap poured at <laughs> Buxton. Some ice cream. Ice cream. Still with a few marshmallows on the top of the beer. Laura's championing, going, if you're at a beer festival that's got an ice cream van, go and ask them to drop a shot of um, Mr Whippy on top of a dark beer. Yeah. I've got a feeling that for once, I'm not going to be surprised when it comes to beer of the night time <laughs> as to what wins. No. But before we get to that point, um, then we have the small matter of... <laughs> oh God, he's got his homework. <laughs> of homework. Um, so... Um, oh God. We, we set ourselves the challenge at uh, the Greystones a month ago um, of coming up with uh, a new name for uh, something that's always annoyed me when you go somewhere and you get served a drink and it's in a plastic vessel uh, and it's referred to as a plastic glass and it's a contradiction in terms. A glass is made of glass. You can't have a plastic glass, it doesn't work. You, know, you can't have a bus car. It just, it's nonsense. 
Um, so, right, we decided that we were going to, between us, we're going to come up with the industry standard for what should be the name for a glass that is made out of plastic. Sean, Sean's taking it very seriously. Even though, it out. Even three, I think three, I day, three days ago, he was like, I've never thought about it yet. Mate. I did it last night. Um, so, right, well, we'll come to Sean last. We're going to start with we're going to start with Laura. Oh good, this mine's really Do, underwhelming. Go on, oh, do you want to steal one of my? No. no. <laughs> well, I was I was thinking long and hard. I was trying to think of something that I could do with a pun. I just couldn't, and because that fun fest we were giving out, they were nice plastic glasses, polycarp, uh, you know, Decent quality. They actually cost more than the glass. They didn't look like plastic. They were nice ones. Yeah, that we'd picked to be kind of on a sort of. We kind of gone for a sort of Belgian Guza kind of style glass, Um, and I was actually really surprised that nobody complained about the fact they were made out of plastic. But I was thinking all through the day, like, what would I call this? And literally, all I've come up with. And I'm really sorry, this is terrible, but I've gone to basics and I've gone, plus. It's a plastic glass. A plus. Two. P-L-A-S. Double S. Plus. You know, it's simple. I think people would know what you were talking about. But it's not... It's not the kind of level I would have liked to have reached for this, but I think it is an accessible and usable term. Is this something that uh, people will be given an alternative? Do you want it in a glass or a class? Or is it something that you realise that this is going to be served in a in a class? Yeah, it's 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 like so um, they must have it in that vessel. Yeah, and that uh, is the name for it. It's pluses only, mate. Sorry, is that all right? Yeah. Plasma zone. Are you going Plasma outside, zone. mate? I'm going to put in a plasma. Yeah, yeah. You've, got to, you've got to put in a plasma. So they might think you've said glass, which is a good thing. Because when they say, I want it in a glass, you say, no. Nah, Except when you read in the newspaper about someone, right, someone, someone was brutally yes. plast last night. In a plast is very simple. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm very feeling, obvious, I'm but feeling, none of us have thought I'm about it. I'm feeling much better about it now that I've said it aloud and defended it a little bit. Nothing's all right. So uh, how many out of ten are we giving that? How are we deciding? We've got, we've got to go around first, haven't we? There is how there is a, there there is another version of that, because I did, I did think of that as well. Are you keep, no, hang on. Is this your... No, is this your I, I know what yours is, I know what mine are. So I'm not going to spoil it, because James might have thought of it. So what's the James? All right, OK, I'll do, I'll do mine. So um, I went with this... I, I obviously did quite a bit on Twitter. Uh, and got a few suggestions from people. And the oh. suggestion that kept coming the back was. was was the word beaker. Um, and I thought, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not happy with that. I'm not happy with that. Um, so this is where I've got a feeling that mine might clash a little bit with Adams because um, I, I doubt we've got the same di- direction. <laughs> um, so I thought be- beaker's not all right. So what about if we make it more specific and we uh, go down a a, a, a route of Bastard. Specific. Sean's just having a minor breakdown in the corner. We'll we'll, we'll just carry on. Um, specifically, in terms of the measurement of the drink. So you think of third half pint. So if we go for beaker, it sounds a little bit sort of childlike to me. Typical. So a third. Not if you spell would, it like that. A third would be a theca. So you would ask oh, for a theca God. of something. Ugh. A half would be a heca. Uh, okay. And a pint would be a peaker. 
Okay. Is this your joint offer? No, no, no. No, this is just my shit that I've <laughs> all right. come up with. Which, to be fair, it was all... Laura's winning, obviously. All, so. I mean, I could, I could even cook with anything, so this is all down to people on Twitter. So thank you if you have helped me come up with those three. So um, thank you. it would, rather than have to say, I'll have a third of something, you would just say, I'll have a, a heaker of uh, that cloud of water, or a pika of uh, Noah, please. Mm. So, right, it's probably between you two, isn't it? Because so that again, kind of, so we would walk to the... You go to the bar, the bar and you just ask for a, a peaker of Noah, or <laughs> you... I mean, that'd be a killer, wouldn't it? Or, 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 or a, 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 a... Can I have a heaker plus, of... Or, uh, or a heaker. Yeah. Or, well, or a, a theaker of human cannibal, because you don't want a heaker of that, do you? That'd be, that'd be this, nonsense. Definitely not a peaker of human cannibal. I feel this refers on the drink and knowing that you're going to be served your drink in a plastic. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to say I particularly thought it through. We're trying to get industry standards so people will people will just know it eventually. Yeah, absolutely. My other one, which was like similar to Laura's, is the the opposite of a plas is a glass stick. Plastic. Plastic. I think plas is better than plastic. You have to use some glass stick for that, mate, because you know there's no It sounds like you're going to get a big tuba and pump it. We're allowing, away fans. We're allowing away fans in today, right. but everyone's on this glass is, This is home straight, <laughs> so... Sean seems, seemed confident. Well, I'm not now. Less so now. Now you've destroyed my but I can idea. improve that. Is I can improve yours. Alright, so we're going to go to Sean next. Well, I, I thought, I thought I Adam was... No, I'll go next if you like. Mine's a bit uh, nice. I agree with... Um, is it Laura? I agree with. It's not. It's not Laura. Is that Laura. It's James. I agree with. It's James. If you are given we a are plastic, similar. if you are given a plastic <laughs> glass, the most appropriate term for that is beaker. Right. B e a k e r. Yeah. Right. It's a word that uh, we're all familiar with. We know that that means we are getting a plastic glass. We also know that the beaker is what's given to someone that's two-year-old that, that that's wants some raspberry if, some, pop if somebody said me, if somebody pop. told me they were giving me a beaker, I'd think it had two handles yeah. and a lid. That's it. You're not going to you're not going to spill anything, but obviously you do. It spills all over your little top and everything else in your pram. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I think the word beaker is very recognisable. It involves no marketing campaign. If you say to someone, do you want it in a beaker? You don't have to bloody market it with a million pound marketing campaign to explain what it is. I agree that PLAS was very good, Laura. I've forgotten already what James <laughs> suggested. Uh, so beaker. I have gone, beaker. I have gone with, with the word beaker, but I agree that it's very old-fashioned and very infantile in terms of its target audience. So I've changed the spelling of Beaker. Um, I've even got a, a stupid bloody logo which I'm holding up to the I'm microphone. I'm so impressed with the fact you've brought a logo. I hope. I, I did this yeah, last I night. I, I used it creating Microsoft Word so the logo is, is very rushed and not really that pretty. I but like it. It's the spelling of modern. Is B double E sorry. B double E K A Beaker. 
and in my logo I've bunged in a little beak or between the K and the A just to express a bit of modernity. Oh, is that, that like B A A K with back, the little umlaut? Backslash like underscore forward slash. That is <laughs> exactly what it is. Uh, and uh, initially it was just a backslash to give it a modern look. But then I thought, I can create a vessel. Yes, yeah, that's I can create, vessel. I can create a vessel without creating a, a silly word. Both uh, uh, Deborah and Joanna, oh, my sister works in the shop, thought it may say beak ua, um, which I disagree with. But if you say it's called beaker, Beaker. Separating the K and the A. So Sean's created an entire brand around his answer. So Adam, what have you got? Oh, Monster. So I've got down the same as James. Monster's a good idea. Obviously, you've got your two thirds, which is a school one. What are you looking at me for? Am I your biggest competition here? We should clarify that because there's probably people that don't realise that two thirds is. Because it's, it's not so much a south of the border thing, is it's generally a Scottish thing that two thirds is, is called a scooter. It's like a start off as a Scandinavian thing, it spreads slightly more south. Nobody calls it two thirds in UK. So what do you call what do you call two thirds? You call it two thirds. What do you yeah. call something that you take away? Um, what do you take? I'll have two thirds of that. Two thirds of a pint. Of if you were to, if you were to buy some beer in a pub and you want to take it home, what would you take that home in? A growler. A growler. Nothing to do with it. Okay. Okay. So mine's more on like how you would drink certain um, things. So we're going for a, a one pint gulper. A gulper? A gulper, yeah. Okay. A gulper yeah, yeah. is a gulper. It's yeah. good. Yeah, so a two thirds. A swagger. <laughs> yeah? That's more uh, a yeah, walk. Okay. Yeah. And then we went to a half, so we went to a, um, a swiggle. A swiggle! And then yeah. a swiggle sounds good. If you can try and. A third? What do you think a third is? A uh, twiggle? No. Wiggle? A sipplet. Oh. A sipplet. I mean, so I don't know about these shame. as vessels, what a but shame. as replacing the word one third with sipplet and half with swigglet. Yeah. Swiggle or whatever. Swiggle. It is interchangeable. I'm, I'm totally down for as a measurement rather than a vessel. Well, that's what I mean. It's very it's, cute. It yeah. doesn't mean, it, 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 it doesn't necessarily have to be plastic, but. I just wrote them down because I've tried to remember. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to say that's the problem, I've taken Adam's phone up and I'm going to ask him to now oh, to I feel say, like say, say all four again. A one pint gulper. Look at this series. A, two, a two-third swagger. Um, a half... Um, <laughs> swiggle. Swig, swiggle. And a one-third sippler. I think we should team up and we should offer them in pluses. Because a, sip, a sip, sipplet in a plus. A, pl- a plus sipplet. That sounds it it sounds odd. like we've broken into an episode of the Teletubbies. <laughs> we're not even speaking. This is not even English language anymore. I think yeah, they'd be, wait, 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 they, they, they would be ideal for blackcurrant juice. I agree with you. You're thinking about a bit of a gulp for that. Swag's a bit of a thing. Then you could see like swig. Maybe swig and swag's maybe interchangeable. A swig is good. And a, a sip. And a what sip. was the top one? Gulper. Gulper. One pint gulper. The swags. The swags. Swagger is like. I would um, say swag could potentially right. be bigger than a gold. Tell you what we're gonna do. We're gonna put. Um, <laughs> we're gonna. We're gonna put. Um, you a, can't a vote. A poll. A poll on, on Twitter. 
No, <laughs> it'll just be, it will be each of us, so it'll be Me Laura, and James, James, Sean, Adam, One you word. vote for who, whose uh, take on this you're going to vote for. So you're voting for Hopcast member. <laughs> I feel like I talked myself down at the beginning. I stand it, by mine. I think it's it, really it's good. It's very good. I, like I, I think it, I don't think it should vote for Hopcast member. I think it should be a vote for a one word for one item. So what would you pick, oh. Adam? You have got an obvious one to win the yours. The swiggle. The swiggle. The swiggle. The swiggle. The swiggle. What would you pick? Well, mine's James. mine's going to be a theca. Oh, well, Nobby's going to vote for that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's based on the same as yours. Should we just drop this off and put next one of mine in, between, like a simple one? It's between. Yours is I, the I, same I, as mine, but with a, a TH in front. I'm just going to play I'm going to play the underdog card here, because they're oh, all yeah, ganging yeah, up yeah, on me and yeah. bullying me about it. If we're talking this. in terms of an industry standard word, I'm just going to make another plea for mine, the plas, which could be plus, a glass of... Plus a, well, a, a plas of, could be of any size... It could contain any liquid, much as a glass can. If you log on to the website, you can see the logo of the beaker. <laughs> Sean wins the effort prize. I'm very... I'll print one A4 sheet off of black and white, and that's on draft quality as well. I've not spent any, <laughs> anything on ink. In colour, Adam, you've got to admit, in blue. In hot cast blue, that would be beautiful. <laughs> I thought of beaker, and I, this thought, blue, I also thought of glass as well. And, and, this this, and could, this could be the rival <laughs> for the um, Hopcast half pipe. We've got the Hopcast Beaker, which is um, Sean and Laura each month just sharing a beer. Hopcast Beaker means that, that my name's been selected. Is that what you? Is that what you're saying? Well, that's down. That's down to the public at large. Mm. So we're going to get we're going to get that survey on on Twitter. Vote for Laura. We will. Uh, <laughs> we we will that. decide. Uh, well, you will decide over the course of the next month, and we will reveal the winner. Uh, when we next get together, which will be at the um, Sheffield Beer Festival, um, or it will be in the build-up to the Sheffield Beer Festival. We're doing it from the Kellam Island Museum, which is where it is held, um, just over a month from now. It will be a little bit later in the month than we normally do it, just due to uh, when they're going to have everything set up. Um, we've got to go through the motions here, and we're going to have to pick a beer of the month. I've mentioned. I've got a feeling I might know which is going to win the beer of the of the night this time around. Um, so rather than actually asking you, I'm just going to go to you and just Pull if, if yeah if if you concur that it is the beer that I think it is, just say yes. Adam. Yeah. Laura. Sean. It is. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's four votes and Smell without without Smell a doubt, I'm gonna Noah from Ebnipolo is the beer of the night. Good luck to everyone that's been to Buxton tonight. Yeah. We're very jealous. But also not that jealous because we've just got bottles and nowhere that we didn't have to queue for. <laughs> Two hours. <laughs> Two, hours <laughs> Two hour queues. I hope that's for the bus back home. Bloody hell. I mean, to be fair, this has been one of the longer hotcasts we've done for a while. You could still have listened to it and gone for two weeks yeah, in the yeah. time it's taken yeah, you to get a drink. Yeah, you could have in the queue, listened to two us hours. And, and still been waiting for a beer. So what you have to do is uh, head to at Chef Hopcast on Twitter, cast your vote, and we will reconvene one month from now to find out who will be crowned the champion of the plastic vessel, the great plastic vessel challenge of 2018. We will see you one month from now. <laughs>